0: welcome everybody it's the family business podcast it's wednesday night it's actually sherry's birthday so happy birthday sherry happy birthday mom thank you all right anyway we're going to talk about karen tonight and uh so karen i'm glad you're on the podcast tonight i know you're normally pretty busy during the week but uh seeing we're here celebrating sherry's birthday we got you so we figured we'd podcast with you 100 all right so um let's start off karen now uh, what are we going to talk about tonight with you I don't know. You guys ask me questions
1: and I'll just answer them. All right. So Kieran does a lot of interesting things and he definitely has a lot of things up in the air at any one time. He is the king of multitasking. And we always ask him if he had to give an elevator pitch, how would he describe what he does in 90 seconds or less than an elevator ride would be? So Kieran, why don't you share with our listeners what you do in 90 seconds or less? <laughs> Physically
2: impossible. Yeah, I was the elevator say. would have to break down, and we yeah. would have to be stuck in there for three days. It'd be like one of so those movies. So he could start yeah. four years ago when he went to Loyola's College and tell you a big, long-winded story about how he got to today.
3: That's true. I'll try and sum it up quicker.
0: All than right. That. Well, pretty well. Let's sum it up in ninety seconds, and then we can go from there. Yeah, I guess
3: as of right now, there's about 15 to 20 companies across the world that I do marketing and media related work for. So whether that be through written video or audio, a company wants to say something to their audience and we figure out who to say it to and how we're going to say it effectively. And that can sometimes look like a podcast. Sometimes it's a commercial. Sometimes it's a documentary. Sometimes it's a press release or a book or social media stuff. But I would say like the overarching thing would just be like media related stuff about marketing.
1: That's great. Uh, That was actually very succinct. I appreciate that. Should have done
3: that. That would have saved us a lot of the time over the past, like, six years.
1: That's correct. (laughs) I think the other big component you're leaving out is, aren't you still a full-time student?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in film school right now, and I'm very excited about that because I have lots of plans for it. But, yeah, on top of my 80-hour-plus work week, I also fit in 20 to 30 hours for school every day, which means I don't sleep that much.
2: So do you want to give everyone a kind of rundown of what you've been doing for the last five years. I think most people who know our family know that you grew up racing motocross and then you had an abrupt ending a couple years ago. Um, and then you've just kind of been off the radar since then, quietly hustling. So I think if you want to start your story in 2018 at your crash and then kind of proceed from there as succinct as possible. Let's use as little words as humanly possible. Can we started on Halloween um, I or no? <laughs> I think that would be no. the most interesting piece of your story to share.
3: Well, to I mean to back up even a little bit before that. I know I had spoken this on a previous podcast with someone else, but like like we're we gotta go even further back, not for the purposes of racing, but for the purposes of like when I was working in the u s like for the marketing company, this um, is true, and that how that like those were the years before that too, well before I was done racing. Um, like two years before I was done, I started working for this marketing agency based out of Minnesota, and their clients were like Red Bull and Dell Computers and Jack Link's Beef Jerky. And you and
2: got that through the context that you knew in motocross, correct?
3: Kind of, yeah. It's
2: like networking within the industry yeah. led you to a completely different role.
3: I mean, I'll try and do it. <laughs> Uh, th- this is going to be like unfiltered me talking for probably 5 minutes straight but that'll give someone like a very succinct idea of how we i got to where i was. We should have a
2: therapist on this episode.
3: We should Kim is great <laughs> actually. I haven't seen her in a while. Obviously. <laughs> you guys know when i saw her last. Um so yeah, i mean the way i would describe it is like abc it's six to eight PM. Is Undercover Boss followed by Shark Tank? And every Sunday night after we got back from racing, that's what we would watch all the time. And I always thought to myself, like, oh, I could do this. Oh, and I, I was knew... very
2: confused with where you were going with that, but yeah, okay. Well, you saying. understand what I'm yeah, saying I, now. Yeah, I, I get it now.
3: Yeah. So, like, growing up, we watched that all the time. Great shows, great programming, very entertaining. And I always thought to myself, like, okay, well, racing's going to be done at some point, and this looks very fun, and it looks like it's a very rewarding career. So maybe running a business one day would be very cool. Following that, I got into listening to some music and then some musicians that I liked were on a podcast that I like. And I thought, oh my God, what's this podcasting thing that now everybody has in 2022? But in 2014- uh, I was
2: going to say, can we rewind to 2014? Kieran was like leading edge on the podcast world. And I remember he came home. You had to be in what? Like-
3: Obama was still president. That's okay, how but long ago. you had ago. to be in
2: like grade 11 or something It was 10th like grade. 10th grade. Yeah. All he would talk about were these podcasts all the time. He'd be like, podcast this, podcast that. And we kept on saying to him, like, shut up. Like, podcasts (laughs) aren't going to be a thing. I don't know why this is what you talk about all the time. But literally, all he talked about was the HeadGum Network podcast, which was just like, comedy podcast basically and now what's funny is we're here today everyone in their mom including everyone in our mom (laughs) has a podcast and it's funny to see how ahead of the curve you were on that Eight years.
1: yeah that said i'd like to know what if you were then eight years ahead of your time what's coming up in eight years that we should get on to also be ahead of the curve i'll let you ponder on that maybe that
3: i actually don't know yet i mean
1: well
0: Karen, let's talk about 2014.
3: I'll try and do 2014. Each, each year year's going to be a minute, and then we'll lead okay. us into 2022. So give me eight minutes of just rambling, and then we'll be at, caught up pretty much. Listened to a lot of podcasts in 2014, thought I could do this, moved to the UK to make my pro debut in racing in late 2015 at that point, I already had the exact same mixer that we're recording this on now. I don't need to ever change uh, this Yamaha mixer. And uh, I literally just brought that with me everywhere we went like for no reason at all. But beyond that, when I got back from racing... But
0: you had already started a podcast. You did Around the World.
3: Uh, Yeah, it was called The World Tour Podcast. And so when I made my pro debut in racing, uh, like it got a lot of notoriety because I was the only Canadian racing in the European series at the time. And uh, a bunch of media publications picked it up and and then when I got home, I immediately started working at an ice cream store downtown in Harvey's. And the day before that, I was at Wembley Stadium racing. So it's a yeah. big what? juxtaposition, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I would go from doing that in front of 25,000 people to uh, flipping burgers. Literally, like, I want to say 10 days after I got home. I remember I went to my Ryerson University, uh, like, admissions meeting. Uh, With the dean or like of the program or whatever, the day I got back, actually.
0: I remember this. Yeah.
3: And so, uh, like a week later, I started working at Harvey's that entire summer. I remember saying to you guys, I would love to, and this is actually leading to my like business career now. So it's not like I have a weird train of thought. But I remember that summer, I said, I want to start another podcast for when I moved to Georgia in the fall and I spent literally that entire summer with my one friend recording a podcast every week and it was an hour long. And I think I probably did 25 to 30 of them. None of them have ever been released, but they were all me doing practice for it. What was this? Uh, You've never, none of you guys have ever even heard this, but like I literally Sean, I literally like recorded a podcast about motocross every single week and he would listen to it and he knows nothing about racing, but he was critiquing how I talked and, like, my speaking style and what I was speaking about, and it was very good unbiased advice and, like, feedback on it. So so I did that, and it was 30 hours of, of work, and I put a whole lot of work into it but it was really fun. And at the end of that, at some point in that summer, I got an opportunity to go be an alternate at the amateur national motocross championships in uh, Tennessee. And we went down there. And I remember when we went to go race, my bike wasn't even fixed at the time. Like we went to that race with a bike that the motor wasn't even working. I don't know if you remember that.
0: I do. I remember that Matt Crown actually worked on your bike.
3: Like 20 minutes before practice.
0: Yeah. We literally had a... Something wrong with one of the pistons or something was wrong in the bike, and he rebuilt it.
3: Yeah, and then so that week, uh, this is not going to be a 30-minute podcast, just so we're all well aware. But uh, that week, I went to every single one of my sponsors that came to see the race and said, hey, I want to record a podcast, and I want to do advertisements for your company. I want nothing in exchange other than you guys posting it on social media. And every single one of them said yes. And the really cool thing was later that like summer when I released the first episode, these companies that had like 100,000 followers plus on Instagram, sometimes even more, um, like all posted it the day it came out. And I got like a pretty notable X Games athlete on the first episode. His name is Nate Adams. You guys can look it up. And uh, that podcast ended up getting like 5,000 plays in the first day. And like then we were off to the races.
0: Yeah, it was really cool having so Nate on the podcast.
3: Fast forward. I moved to Georgia. Everything's good. I break my arm like three months of being into being there. I come back and I remember flying back to uh to canada to get like a physio done for a month or two and just be in canada with you guys and uh this guy who ran a company was saying that he was jointly starting a company with a, a lot of financing and he was looking for five people to work for it and he was looking for a copywriter and like four other things and I said like oh, I mean I just wrote a bunch of advertisements for all these companies I should email him and see if it uh, if it worked out and uh, see if he is interested in me working for him I got nothing better to do because I'm going to be sitting at home for the next two months And sorry so,
2: just note on this didn't mom actually type your application for this because you no, had she, a broken arm she
3: typed the first commercial that I I wrote Oh, okay. because I literally didn't have the
2: access to yeah. your hand no, you from surgery. surgery my
3: nerves were torn in my left hand at the time so I couldn't even like move my hand at all so I didn't even Plastic. know if I was the doctor literally said to me he was like I'm not ever sure if you're gonna be able to move your left hand yeah no I again. remember that yeah. I
2: took you to your surgery yeah. for that one. Oh, I it, remember when, yeah <laughs> when he was in Georgia I was living in Florida and I got a phone call from my dad saying, you need to leave work immediately and drive to Georgia. Your brother's been in an accident. Someone
3: else can manage Summit Plummet or whatever you're was... doing.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what I was working in the... Magic
2: Kingdom and I literally <laughs> had to go up to my manager and be like, I guess I'm off stage for the rest of the day. Like, that I week, need to drive to Georgia.
3: That week feels like a fever dream. I know. Mainly because I was like so meted up. On, oh, like, yeah. That yeah. was like
2: the worst week of my life. Yeah, that was horrible. M-
3: yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, I uh, send him my resume, which was already pre-done and my references, uh, which were all these companies that I did the work for in my portfolio, which was just a bunch of made up stuff that I did that summer. And uh, I had gotten an email by the time I landed in Toronto saying, give me a call tomorrow morning. And then for the next two years, I worked for this this marketing company. And the first thing that I did was like write a commercial. And uh, it was really cool. And my mom helped me type it out because I literally couldn't. But for the next two years, while I was racing, I would, like, go to races and see, like, some of the advertisements that I did at the races and stuff. Um, And I had to sign, like, NDAs and stuff to say that I didn't write it or have any affiliation with it. But it was really cool. And uh, Sorry, just a
2: note for the podcast. I think people are going to notice a trend in a lot of your stories is that you just emailed some guy. Like, you just, like, took a chance, even if you did or did not have any experience, and just kind of, like, talked the talk until you were able to walk the walk. Like
3: It's tough to talk the talk when you're 17 and have no experience. 100%. But well, sometimes I, you got to do it. I'm
2: sure we'll get there um, with, like, your comedy show and stuff. But oh, he had, like, I this experience. <laughs> he forgot about that. Where he was running a comedy show and he had arranged everything with all these comedians and went to go pick them up from the train station. And they didn't realize that the entire time they'd been talking to what, a 19 year old at the time. And they were like, so like, is your dad Kieran or whatever? And he was like, no, like I'm Kieran Doherty. I'm the one who planned this entire event. And they were like, what? So Kieran has had like really great experiences in just, faking it until he made it and like now he has this crazy portfolio of work he's done
3: yeah so anyways like racing career goes good for the next two years and then i have a career-ending injury which i'm not really gonna get into for the purposes of just it, not that i mean i've dealt with it but like it's just not important for the purposes of this podcast. Sure. But yeah, ended up crashing really, really hard and getting like my eighth or ninth concussion and um, and breaking my wrist and a bunch of other bones in my arm and stuff like that. So I remember flying home and what are you rolling your eyes for? Do you actually remember flying home? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. we met you not. in New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember watching March Madness like all the reruns of it because that was the only thing I was allowed to do was just watch TV. I wasn't even allowed to go on my phone for like three days. And then when I was coherent enough to fly home, um, I like flew home. But I had to fly from Idaho to Texas to New York City, which is the weirdest flight plan in the world. But the I've had the weirdest flight plan too. So Yeah.
0: So it's what's funny is it's not funny, but it was the only flight we could get to yeah. you as quick as we could. Yeah. Because uh, you were in nowhere, Idaho. Yeah,
3: Boise. Um, Boise.
0: But uh, yeah, so
3: flew home, and I was like, well, I just spent the past, my entire life (laughs) focusing on raising, and now that's not a thing anymore, because if I, I mean, one step further to getting another concussion, and I could permanently be injured forever to a degree where, like, I would have to relearn how to eat, and I don't want to be that person, and I didn't want to put my family through that, so... It wasn't really even a question. Thank you. We
1: appreciate it. Yeah,
3: I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I fly home. About six months before that, I started doing a podcast with uh, my dad on insurance, which is a really obscure thing to do, but it was fun. And we did it for an organization that we still do it for. And um, we have, like, a lot of, like, clients that advertise with the podcast and stuff. And one of them invited my dad and I out, like, two nights after I got back to a hockey game. And one of the guys said, like, you're so smart. You should go to, like, paralegal school or be a lawyer. And I was like, all right, let's go. I didn't want to go to Queens. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to law school. Ironic where I go to school now. But uh, I was like, I should look up paralegal school the next day. Because I was just looking for something to latch on to. And then um, I enrolled in paralegal school and started that September. But in the midst of all that, I also joined the military, which was very random. And I did the reserves. And... uh, I loved it but it wasn't for me if that makes any sense at all like I I felt like I it wasn't for me but I wanted to be a part of it.
2: I'm grateful that you joined the military. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, you got something out of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. You I got, got mad to meet, out you got of it. to meet
3: Sean. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, so um along the line of me being in the military I met Sam Marie's boyfriend now that they live together and are very happy so you know.
2: So I'm grateful he It's was in not
3: the like the outcome of it wasn't like beneficial like for it was sure. it was extremely like you know advantageous it was for good. me to be and in it that. like made Everything you happens learn for that a reason you don't yeah. want
2: that type of career yeah. like where you would be directly under someone else's yeah. like influence or instruction you wanted to be more independent
3: well the issue was on Wednesdays i would have to be in school from eight to five. This was like fall of 2018. I know you remember this. I don't know um, if you were in Toronto at the point, but um, I had to be like in class from eight to four. I had to be in Toronto at 5.30, 6.00 PM, which means that I have to put on a suit, drive to Toronto, Go do all the podcast stuff with dad for 12 hours sleep at a hotel wake up at three in the morning and then drive back to class at 8 a.m the next morning in belleville which is where i was going to school and then that night i had to leave class an hour early to drive to the military base and then i would do my military training for three or four hours get let out at midnight wake up go back to class the next day in belleville and then get on a bus back in Kingston to an Air Force base in Trenton to do my winter basic training for 48 hours and be let out at like six. Yeah, it it was was just just ridiculous. And then at what point in there did you hear that I was doing homework? It was none. None. I think
2: for the full two years that you went to paralegal school, you had so many other things on the go that the school part was actually just like a
1: side note. It was an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. I think what we've forgotten to mention in there as well in that two-year span is you also did a whole bunch of acting yeah you were running back and forth to Toronto to be on some Netflix series yes things like that
3: yeah the Netflix thing I lied and told a casting director that I had dance lessons so I could be on a Netflix movie so It worked out exactly yeah i ended up being in a movie called let it snow which came out on netflix in like november of 2019 but it was their big christmas movie uh, on netflix that year and uh i ended up meeting a guy in line who works for like all the the netflix productions in toronto and he thought it was funny that i lied and he was like yeah well i can get you a acting uh like a background acting agent if you want and -hmm. i was like yeah i'd love that so i spent the rest of the summer just on every movie and tv show that needed a high school student that shot in toronto and it was One of the funnest summers of my life. Like it was just so much fun going back and forth and back and forth. Like almost every day, three or four times a week,
2: uh, between
3: Toronto and Kingston.
2: Yeah, he stayed with me for most of that summer. There was one day where he was on set for something, and then went back to Kingston. And as he arrived back in Kingston, got a call from another casting director, and literally just turned around.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, it was that was. What
2: are some of the shows you were on for people? to reference
3: um there's a movie on disney plus called secret society of second born royals you can see me for like a second in that all the tv shows on netflix are called ginny and georgia i'm in the first like 10 seconds of that grand army i'm in the trailer for that there's a whole bunch of stuff that yeah, i'm in for in that, that. A lot. lock and key i'm in uh, quite a bit as well too mm-hmm. um, let was, it snow grant
2: that one that you were dare Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I remember that one we watched during when COVID happened.
2: Yeah. And then what was the one where you were like dressed up like an old time? Guy?
3: Oh, um, I don't remember. It doesn't matter, but the, I was in two movies and seven TV shows that summer and it was a ton of fun. And that made me realize like, Oh my God, like the amount of effort that gets put into these movies and TV shows that like people don't even realize, uh, just made me think like, I would love to make one of these and be the, the director or the writer for it, which is why I'm in film school now at Queens. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of,
2: I think we've yeah. missed a couple things oh, in yeah. these stories. We could talk more about your comedy show if you want to pick up there.
3: Yeah, I got out of the military and was kind of sad, and I was like, well, uh, I, yeah, not happy that that didn't work out. So I want to do something else, and then I went to a comedy show, and like most things, I go, I could do better than this. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> like, literally, I remember... Uh, like I made that decision on like November 19th of 2018 and then on November 20th I called an agent in Toronto and was like, yeah no, I'm a showrunner in Kingston like I've done some shows before I'm trying to do it at a theater, a big theater in Kingston like do you think you could get me three comedians for this price And he goes, yeah, yeah, give me a sec. Called me back 20 minutes later, and now I have three comedians for a date. The theater has no idea I exist at this point. And I knew nothing about <laughs> selling tickets to a show. So I called the theater, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm a showrunner in Kingston. I've done some things before. <laughs> and uh, I'm working on getting some, some comedians. Like, can you give me this date? And they're like, yeah, for sure. So it ended up working out. And then I remember there was a day after that when we were all in Toronto that I had to pay everybody. It was the insurance person. I had to borrow uh, like I had to use like your credit card to like pay half of the insurance and then pay you guys at back after because of my like e-transfer limits and stuff like that. But I spent a ton of money in one day. And when I was done, I had like $80 in my checking account. And I was thinking You're to like, myself, this like,
2: better work. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if this
3: doesn't work out, we're not in uh a- we're not going to be in good financial shape. But uh, I spent the next 60 days just going like crazy on learning the ins and outs of Facebook ads and how to get TV time on the networks and stuff in Kingston. and Oh, yeah, you interviews. had an
2: interview on the news. I yeah, I had, two,
3: I had two on like two different networks on Chorus and then on Global TV yeah. as well, which they're still online. You can find them somewhere.
0: Yeah. And what also was cool is it was Love to Laugh and it was a uh, Yeah. Valentine's Comedy Show, and it was great. I mean, I loved when the main guy brought you, actually all of them brought you back out on stage and was like, hey, just so you know, best guy to run a comedy show is a 19-year-old kid who knows nothing. (laughs) And we literally thought he was just driving us. But yeah, the cool thing about that was like,
3: it really affirmed my belief that like, you know, you can learn some things on the fly when you need to. But, for example, like, I sold, like, 310 tickets to the show, which was, like, pretty solid, all things considered. And only, like, 25 of them were people that I knew. So, like, 275 people clicked on an ad and was thought it was worthy enough to go out and do for, a, you know, a Thursday night in, in February. It was spectacular, dude. Don't yeah. downsell it. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, I got to do some cool things after with that headlining comedian. I directed a scene that he was in for a show that he put together uh, just in August of last year, so... Like a year and a half later, him and I were working together on other stuff, and we still talk
0: now. Yeah, that's, so. it's really cool. So we're 2019. You've done your comedy show.
3: Yeah, it goes well. That fall, I was going into my second year of school. That was the summer that I did after that was when I was in all those movies and TV shows. And I finished them up as school was starting. So like on weekends, even when school was starting, I was going back to Toronto to finish up shooting Grand Army and another show. Um, and I had to do those in like late September, which was fun. And like the people were awesome. And then, uh, like I worked at a law firm and got hired at a law firm, which was such an interesting time too, because I was working evenings. And when I say evenings, I don't mean from like five to 9 PM. I mean, from like six until four in the morning. And then I would sleep on the floor of the law firm in the office that they gave me, wake up, brush my teeth in the office, and then drive to school without having showered or anything like that. And then, uh, like just doing that twenty four seven, and then that literally led me right up until the week before the pandemic hit, and so my contract ended there. Right, on you like, were
2: still at Loyalist at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, eh?
3: it was finishing. But right. Yeah. 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 So I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I was just thinking
2: that like you had exams. Maz and I planned a trip to Florida, mm-hmm. and wasn't invited. No, you were like mildly invited, but you were like, "No, I have an exa- exams next week. Ugh. Like, I can't come. Rats. We come back." pandemic hits, all of his exams get canceled. And he's like, I really should have came on that. Trip. Yeah, I should have.
3: But it, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's all good. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting time. And like, yeah, my contract ended with that law firm um, when literally the week before COVID hit. So they saw no reason to continue it. And so I was at home with my family for the next like four months, just like everyone else was until they let us go outside again. And then that summer I decided like okay I'm studying for my paralegal license going to do that and then I'm going to go to Queens and I'm going to study one year doing their four course law program where I learned about intellectual property law, corporate law and a couple other things to like advance my paralegal diploma. Yeah. So yeah, now we're in September of 2020, the first day that I'm at my new house that I moved into in the university district, I have to write my paralegal license, but that's also the same day that the trailer for Grand Army came out, and I was in like the centerpiece of the trailer, so it was quite the day. It was very fun. So I write the paralegal exam. And the wait time to find out if you passed or failed is two months. And uh, that was, you know, I was just like, all right, let's go be a student and hang out Mm -hmm. and uh, have a good time. And then, like, later that week, Queens and Public Health just said, like, hey, everybody go inside. Don't come out until we tell you to. And they only told us to come outside, like, a week ago or whatever it was. That's (laughs) truly what it felt like. Mm -hmm. So as that was happening and, like, we were getting ready to lock down again for the fall, I was like, this isn't what I – signed up for to go to school and I know no one else did but yeah I was just like oh this isn't very fun so yeah I did what any reasonable person would do and I took a job as a PI in Toronto
2: yeah that is something that a reasonable person would do just become a private investigator in Toronto while you're in school full-time as well um how long did you do that for
3: uh like two-ish months
2: two-ish months yeah and then you were like this isn't This isn't what I signed up for either. (laughs) I feel like the last two years of your story is just a lot of, like...
3: I didn't sign up for this. I didn't
2: sign up for this. Or, like, trying something and being like, yep, no, this actually isn't for me. Um, And I think that's something that you'll see, like, a lot of trends within, like, your and my careers is that we will do more short-term things and aren't afraid to say... You know what? This isn't for me. Let me try something else. So yeah. I feel like that's been a lot of your last two years. Is like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the military. Eh, not for me. I'm gonna try and be a PI. Eh, not for me. Like I think you just have to throw enough things at the wall until you find what sticks. Yeah. You're not gonna know what you don't like until you try them.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I decided like two months into it that I didn't want to do it. Which is at the same time when I found out that I failed the paralegal exam. Nice. So it was a great week. Yeah. It was yeah. really I can fun. That being, one yeah, it yeah. was really fun being Karen. So I decided to move back to, uh, to Kingston um, after that and uh, and just be a student for the next couple months. And then I uh, reapplied to Queens to go to school there for film school for four years because I kind of figured out that winter that I wanted to do that and I want to make movies and TV one day. And so I did that, and in that time, which is kind of taking us up to now, I've gotten like 15 to 20 different companies that I do work with, uh, that allow me to, to
0: go to school.
2: Yeah. I guess you're kind of glossing over everything you're doing now though, but everything that you had done previously has led up to all the work that you're doing currently. Yeah. So you're just doing a lot of that media work, but for like multiple different companies, which is allowing you the flexibility of going to school full-time while still working for companies. Correct? Yeah. hundred yep.
3: percent. So yeah, got lots of excited things that I'm ready to do. And there's a company that I work for where I edit like eight to 10 podcasts every week, uh, which is really fun. But I pretty much edit out all of the ums and extra words that don't need to be in there. And sometimes I turn a 45 minute podcast into 18 minutes, but it's a very clean 18 minutes.
0: What's also cool is Kieran. Can you do that with this one? No. (laughs) (laughs) What's kind of cool with Kieran though is, and I know you, we talk about it because we're family and stuff, but you've got stuff where you've signed NDAs and you've done a lot of really cool stuff that no one will ever hear about. Yeah. The whole point of the NDA is that people don't know about it. I know. So I I know, Um, but I know you're working on a doc. You're getting ready to do some work on a documentary, and you've got some really cool companies that you're going to be working with. Yeah. And I guess in the future, because it is your documentary for those companies, you will get. You know, accredited with it, but right now it's all you know hush hush, quiet. Oh, and if again, I'm, with, if
3: I'm directing it, I'll make sure it's yeah, yeah. To my I know, but I, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: just I just don't want people to think that you know you're just kind of things have just gone onto the back burner. No. it's just I mean you're flying you know just below the radars more I guess than what people should know. You're you're not just not invisible. You're just be, not being seen.
3: Yeah, exactly, and that's I'm not very active on social media. I remember like the last time I posted on Instagram, which is very unlike a 23 year old, but it was November of 2016. So maybe you should
2: post this as Mm your like, hey, I'm I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This anyone wonder what I've been doing for the last five years? Yeah. Listen to this podcast. Yeah.
3: But yeah, so no, there's lots of stuff that I'm doing now that will my name will never see the light of day when it comes to being referenced to that. But I know that I made it and it's really fun and you know,
2: what's cool about things like you as well is through this entire thing. Like I said, you've been taking a lot of chances and doing a lot of big things you have so many just like notes on your laptop of like movies that you want to write and songs that you've written and all of these things that one day may or may not get produced. But I think it's really cool that you're just willing to like try anything and like write a movie script.
3: Yeah. Well, on the song thing, I mean, not that I ever want it to be a career, but I think it'd be really cool to like have a credit in a song. But like I've written like four or five hundred songs and I sent one of them to a guy that uh, has like co-written a couple songs with Lady Gaga and some other very famous people and I said hey is this good and he sent me an email back like three hours later being like actually it is and I was like wow okay great (laughs) I'm gonna keep writing then yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it's cool and you know I try and continue to get better at those things because in order to make you know one amazing song or one amazing movie you gotta make 500 crappy ones Mm -hmm. and that's just the process of getting there and doing enough of it will eventually refine your skills and allow you to get there. But the one thing that I'm grateful for is that I've got my whole life ahead of me to figure this out.
2: Well I think the like most important thing as well is that your very passionate about being the person behind the scenes. So you're involved in so many things, but you don't necessarily want to be the star actor. You want to be the director or like you've done the background acting. You never want to talk on the podcast. You produce the podcast. Like when you write, it's not with your name. Like I think it's very cool that you're one of the people who makes everything happen rather than begging for the spotlight. And I think that's a really honorable trait.
3: Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I just try and lead with the mindset that like the, this whole world isn't about me. And the more I can make it about other people, the more we can actually make things happen.
0: Yeah. You're the engine behind this podcast for sure. Thanks. Well, Karen, we'll wrap things up. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got some final five questions and I think Smad's going to take them for you tonight.
2: Okay. Final five questions. Where do you see yourself in five years?
0: In five years, I will be out of
3: school for a year and a half. So at that point, my goal when I'm done graduating is to get like a pretty decent camera that I could make like a really good film on and spend that 12 months just trying to figure out how to make the movie that I want to make. And at that point, I'm going to try and figure out how I'm going to get it distributed. But you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it in 2025. But that's kind of my goal right now. So in five years, I see myself in talks with people trying to get a movie distributed on Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu. And I'm currently researching all the ways and all the people that I do to get that. Every single time I'm in film class, I'm on the back end of so-and-so's LinkedIn trying to figure out how they're connected with this person in LA so I can email them and they make some warm introduction.
2: That's awesome. I'm positive it will happen. Okay, what is your favorite memory of the last two years in the pandemic? And let's say it has to be like a small-scale lockdown-related memory.
3: Hmm. Making the Don't Look Up in 60 seconds was really fun. Yes, I forgot about that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I entered a radio contest, which I didn't even come close to winning. So. Uh, but you had to make a movie in less than 60 seconds and, like, recap all of it. So we, as a family, made Don't Look Up in one night, and it was really funny. Um, and if anybody wants to see it send me a private message and i'll send you the link to it please don't it's It's pretty funny yeah i like it so yeah that probably
1: that one okay i have a question yeah what's your favorite book
3: I would say my favorite book was given to me by one of my closest friends, and it's called The Universe Has Your Back. And I've only read 50 pages of it so far, but I remember reading it and feeling really good about it. And pretty much the first 50 pages of it are about how, like, if you put your thoughts into the world and and you try and make those things happen for yourself, sometimes life will meet you halfway. And give you a little bit of an advantage. And whether or not it's true, it's very motivating and inspirational. And I need to finish that book. But the first 50 pages of it are
0: insanely stellar.
1: Great. I like to read it when you're done.
0: Yeah. So Karen, I have a question for you. This summer, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. You're going to be uh, moving into a new house with some new friends. Do you got any plans you want to go on a vacation or what are you going to look into do? Are you looking to travel and do some writing or what do you think you're going to do? Definitely do some writing. I got lots of plans. I plan on shooting the first
3: scene of the movie and trying to figure out how to test it properly to see how it looks on camera. That's my big thing for the summer. Finishing up a couple big projects uh, for the summer as well too. But someone came up to me like a two weeks ago when I was on a cruise and just went, you're so frail. And that like really stuck with me, (laughs) which was terrible to like hear that from someone.
2: Didn't he also tell you you were very pale? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, He goes, you're just, he goes, you're so frail. And he goes, you're also really pale too. So this summer I plan on getting a little bit better in shape and getting a little bit more tan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about the tan part, but you could definitely, yeah, get in shape.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I'll probably never get tan, but yeah. So get in shape and finish up some projects and maybe do a little
0: bit of traveling when necessary. And some wakeboarding, I hope. A hundred percent. All right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you actually having the time to do the podcast tonight, Kieran. So everybody, this is the family business. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, we're going to recap March because it was crazy. SMAD went to Texas for a fashion, fashion conference. conference. St. Patrick's Day. Patrick's Day <clears throat> happened. And uh, we went to Nashville and met Smad and Maz and uh, had a great weekend. So we'll recap all that. I mean, it's been a really busy month. Um, So, guys, uh, have a great rest of March. There's only a day left. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon.